0: Thank <laughs> you. Hello and welcome to the Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Hewitt from Castos. In this episode, I'm joined by James Cridlin, founder of PodNews. Podnews PodNews.net is the industry-leading newsletter for all things related to the industry of podcasting, from distribution and hosting, monetization, and content creation. And in this episode, James and I chat through all of those aspects of podcasting and what he's seeing from a really unique perspective to have insights into each of these different aspects of the industry, Things that are really interesting, things that we might all need to be aware of, and some opportunities for us all to improve and further our shows and reach a wider audience. I hope you enjoy this interview with James Cridlin from Pod News. So, James, I know I first kind of met you at Podcast Movement two years ago, now almost in Philadelphia, and you run the the hugely popular Podnews.net, kind of industry newsletter. How long has Pod News been around?
1: It's been around for about three years now. So yeah, so I started doing it. Uh, there was a radio conference that I was at, which was an American radio conference called the Worldwide Radio Conference, I think, or the Worldwide Radio Summit. So very American because it was worldwide in that uh, there were two people there, from not from the US. <laughs> 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 and um, yeah, and it was a good conference. And I was chatting in the pub afterwards with uh, a friend of mine who was saying, where do I go to get news about podcasting? And I thought to myself, aha, this possibly something that I can do here. So started doing it about, uh, as I say, about uh, three years or so ago, and it's been going well ever since.
0: And you're supported by kind of Patreon and uh, advertisers mostly, is that right?
1: Yeah, so there's a bunch of different ways, but it's mostly Patreon, So um, that, which can be done from a company point of view or, or a personal point of view. And then, uh, yeah, there's some advertising opportunities in there as well.
0: As we were chatting before we started recording, I really want to Start by kind of digging into what I might call like the future of the industry of podcasting. That sounds very dramatic (laughs) now that I'm saying that out loud, but I think you have a really unique perspective uh, and kind of the lens of seeing the industry from a, a distribution perspective. So, you know, Apple and Spotify and Google from a hosting perspective like ours, from a content creator perspective, from an advertiser perspective. I'd love to kind of dig into a few aspects of that. And I think the most apropos right now is is talking about spotify a bit so spotify announced last week that they signed the joe rogan experience for 100 plus million dollars for exclusive rights to distribute on their platform and i know you've written kind of extensively about this but what's your reaction here a few days or a week after that's kind of sunk in
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting. So Joe Rogan is by any stretch, the most popular podcast in the world. So actually seeing that being taken by Spotify and moved as an exclusive under Spotify's platform is a really interesting, you know, I mean, that's a proper power move from uh, Spotify, isn't it? So I think uh, that's been really interesting seeing. Interesting. I mean, if you look at the amount of users that Spotify has, it has 289 million. If you look at the amount of downloads that uh, Joe Rogan gets, it's about 190 million. So they're actually relatively close, which should mean that a bunch of those people who's been, you know, downloading Joe Rogan on other podcast apps or maybe on YouTube moves over onto Spotify. And so... Spotify should benefit quite well out of that, one would assume. But, you know, Spotify, depending on which figures you you look at, Spotify is still pretty small in terms of podcasting. So if you look at Libsyn's figures, for example, it's about 9.5%. If you look at um, Blueberry's figures, apparently it's 7.5%. So it's not a very large player in terms of podcasting. So it's still um, certainly a minority in terms of that. And the question I suppose is, what happens from Apple's point of view? Apple has sort of 60% of the market, but if you include everybody else that uses their database, then you're probably looking about 75% of the market. Will Apple just turn around and say, yeah, that's fine, you know, just go ahead, or will Apple start being a little bit more aggressive in this space? And it'll be interesting to find out what Apple's answer is going to be.
0: It seems like they haven't had a, Apple has not had a kind of strong response in the last, I mean I've been in the industry for five years and they haven't really done much to, I'll say support podcasting or monetize podcasting or or anything like that. In the time I've been in, I mean, I think the biggest advance is, you know, the Podcast Connect dashboard that you can now log in to see your stuff, whereas before it's just this black hole that you submitted your RSS feed to. I mean, I've heard a bit about Apple looking at creating original content, kind of like a a Wondery model maybe, but I haven't seen much of them in terms of buying shows or anything like, I mean, Spotify has been really aggressive there.
1: Yeah, and I wonder whether, you know, from Apple's point of view, I wonder whether buying shows is what they're interested in. They have one bit of exclusive content, and that bit of exclusive content they've got is, well, they've got a little bit of Apple TV these days, and they've also got Beats One, which is their radio station, which apparently is still going. Um, it's five years old this year. Never heard um, of it. That's yeah, there you, there you go. It's uh, hiding in, in Apple Music. It's paying lots of very good radio presenters, a lot of nice money. And that's basically it. And so I I wonder whether owning content is in Apple's DNA. I mean, what what occurs to me is that Apple has a real opportunity. They have access to all of the payment systems that they use for the Apple App Store. So they can take money in. They can take small amounts of money in, maybe 99 cents or something. They can pay that out to millions of people because they're already paying that, that sort of money out to millions of developers. So they can certainly pay that out to millions of podcasters. So it seems to me that it's kind of a no-brainer. Why wouldn't Apple put the plumbing in place to allow people to charge for a podcast if they wanted to? That, to me, kind of makes sense. And then you've got a good business reason for Apple to make Apple Podcasts for Android, which would then make Apple instantly would turn Apple Podcasts into a number one podcast app for Android, one would assume. And then once you've got that, well, that is a real strong, powerful competitor without actually spending any money in terms of grabbing content and doing any of that. Because all of those podcasters who are going to be selling their podcast, essentially, will actually, you know, get the benefit of that and be promoting Apple podcasts over anyone else. So. To me, that that's the obvious strategy for Apple. It clearly isn't obvious enough for Apple because they're clearly not doing it. So so I suppose the question is, you know, what happens there? Apple has been really good to podcasting over the last 15 years or so. It's invested a lot of time in things like categories. You know, we wouldn't have standard artwork in podcasts if it wasn't for Apple. You know, there's all of this stuff that they've done, which has been really helpful but it does almost feel as if they've been a bit sort of negligent about taking it forward a little bit further. Being able to change things, being able to move our industry forward with things like, you know, attribution, with things like uh, donate buttons, with you know all kinds of uh, stuff like that, really needs Apple to say yes, we'll do that. Um, and if Apple says no then basically any of those ideas just never happen so it would be lovely if apple was a little bit more interested in taking our industry forward
0: i found it really interesting they they treat podcasting i feel like you know, an open source side project or something where it's just it's not bringing in any money it's not a business focus for them I think maybe their model has kind of shifted. I mean, they're really much more of a hardware company now than software. You know, the operating system is free and updates are free.
1: I mean, they're they're a hardware company, but they're also a services company as well now. And they never used to be a services company. They never used to go out and sell stuff other than their own hardware. So I think that's interesting. I mean, what I find fascinating. So as we record this, uh, there's new data that's come out from a company called Scientia Mobile and what they do is they look at mobile phones being used across the world and so the very latest data for that is is that uh, 56% of people in the US are using iPhones so 43% in in the US using Android phones But then you have a look virtually everywhere else and Android is in the lead by far. So France, 70% of people use Android, you know, across Asia, 72% of people use Android and so on and so forth. So actually, you know, there's great opportunity if we can get Android into the whole podcasting thing, but because there's been no strong player in that field, then we haven't really seen that. And I think that that's... uh, If someone can unlock that, and maybe it's Google, who knows, maybe it could be Apple if they made an Apple Podcasts app. But whoever it is, I think there's some real opportunity there to really grow podcasting and grow the amount of people who are consuming podcasts.
0: You mentioned the opportunity for paid distribution via the Apple platform, but I think in general it's an interesting concept to to talk about. And we've we've seen some kind of conventional podcasts apps delve into this space, and certainly tools like Supercast, kind of one of the new players in this space that is and glow that are kind of paid only podcast hosting platforms. What has been kind of your impression of of those platforms and have you seen folks really make it work, I guess, in terms of making a proper living by charging content for their their podcasts?
1: I think one of the things I love about pod news is that I get to see an awful lot of case studies and an awful lot of people saying, we've done this, this worked for us, this didn't work for us. And I have yet to see a positive case study yet about paying for podcasts, a premium podcast. Now, I don't know whether that's because people just want to keep quiet about it or whether there are other reasons for that. But I've yet to see anything that actually would show me that that's a good way to earn a lot of cash. I mean, clearly you've got Stitcher Premium, which is doing a similar job in that you pay an amount. It's a bit like Netflix in that you pay an, an amount and you get access to additional shows that you otherwise couldn't. Uh, Luminary, of course, being another example that didn't necessarily work so well. But still, there we are <laughs> Um but, uh, you know, so we've we've not necessarily seen any real show. Having said that, you know, there are an awful lot of uh, podcast hosts who are getting involved in this space, not for paying for podcasts, but for keeping podcasts secret or private so that um, you can do a podcast for your employees or for your organization or for your club or whatever it is. And maybe that's where part of the future is. It's not necessarily building an entire platform, but it's actually adding a paid for podcast or a premium podcast into something that you're already paying for elsewhere. And the Financial Times has tried a bit of that in the past. There are other companies trying a little bit of that. Maybe that's, um, you know, part of where we're going.
0: Yeah, the newspaper kind of online newspaper analogy is a good one. You know, we look at yeah, New York Times, a lot of the papers in Europe are are the same way. You have about half the content being free half of it being paid or more and if i think about you know premium podcasting or paid podcasting content that's how i would do it is and that's what we envision we're working on this at castos where you would have kind of two separate podcasts essentially it's all the same kind of content topic but you have a free podcast that is you know generates awareness and leads and then you convert some of those to to a paid subscription kind of like yeah the new york times But I agree, and we've run a lot of numbers on this, and for a podcaster to be successful at $5 a month that their subscribers are paying, they need to have a lot of them. But I think the same is true for, unfortunately, the same is true for a lot of podcasters that rely on CPM-based advertising. You know, you have a conversation with somebody about, hey, yep, you can get $20 per 1,000 downloads, and you probably know the data better than I do, but the vast, vast, vast majority of podcasts on our platform Don't get a thousand downloads per episode. And so you talk about making money by podcasting if, you know, the membership premium style isn't going to work and the advertising model isn't going to work. I think the hope of podcasting, quote, turning into a way to make a living for content creators is, I don't want to say reaching a dead end, but there has to be another option out there.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, the average, uh, Libsyn says that the average or the median amount of uh, downloads that an episode gets is 125. So if you're doing more than 125, you're doing better than 50% of podcasts out there. Hooray, I'm just doing <laughs> more than <laughs> So you can look at that. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, which is why I think When you look at advertising, when you look at that sort of revenue generation, it's quite difficult to work out where that makes its money. And, you know, you need 5, 10, 20,000 downloads per episode to really make it sensible. Because obviously, you know, an advertising agency isn't going to touch you if you're only doing... 10,000 downloads, because frankly, you're too small for them to earn money out of as well. So, you know, you've got that sort of side of it as well, which is why I'm I'm actually interested and quite excited about opportunities where people can sell additional content. You know, selling content as a business model works and works very well, you know, and we don't have to have all of our content covered with ads for Casper mattresses and and for Geico insurance, thankfully. Uh, so, you know, if, if we can actually take what we know works, which is people paying for content and use that in the podcasting space alongside everything else, then I think that's a real that's a real opportunity. Having said that, quite a lot of people are in podcasting not to make money and quite a lot of people make money from very different ways. And if you're a wedding photographer and you happen to be doing a podcast about wedding photography, well, that will get you more work anyway. So it's not necessarily as as simple as just having a look at, you know, how much money can I make from this podcast? It's is this podcast helping my whole business grow a little bit more? And the answer for many people is yes, it is. So uh, yeah, it's not quite as cut and dry, I suppose.
0: Kind of looking back at the distribution and the, the distribution platform discussion of Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Stitcher, Google, what do you feel like we were ch- you and I were chatting before we started recording about Alexa devices and and the traffic that you see for your show from there? What do you see that most podcasters are missing from a distribution perspective
1: oh i mean i think number one is android and the amount of podcasters that i see sharing the apple podcasts link folks try following an apple podcast link on an android phone because that's not a great experience i mean it will play but it's not a great experience so that would be the number one thing and the most obvious thing for different podcasts, different things work better. So if you, I mean, obviously, if you have a look at things like Spotify, Spotify works better for younger people. People are more interested in comedy on that platform, less interested in news as an example. So there are different types of people who use the different platforms and then you have you know real opportunities from smart speakers if you are a particular podcast so pod news is a newsletter but there is also a podcast that goes with it and the podcast the the pod news podcast is on both google and amazon alexa as news briefings so you can wake up to pod news if you really want to uh, every morning or however it is that you want to actually consume it there. And that does amazing numbers. I mean, properly amazing numbers. Probably half of my downloads are through either Amazon Alexa or through Google's news briefing because it's a short three minute thing.
0: You think it's because of the format and the kind of topic of your show?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that it would work if you were a two-hour show with an interview in it. I think it works best if you are a very short update daily update. And of course, you know, daily podcasts have benefits in that they typically garner more downloads than a weekly podcast, because obviously you're downloading them every single day. So there are obvious financial benefits there as well if you sell advertising in there. But I think it's, you know, horses for courses. It's different podcasts work well in different environments. And it's interesting, you know, the stories that Amazon is getting into podcasting, and that's exciting. And currently, if you want to listen to a podcast on your Amazon speaker, then that goes through TuneIn. But the way it goes through TuneIn means that actually your podcast host probably only knows that it's Amazon Alexa and doesn't necessarily know that it's coming from TuneIn. TuneIn is a really important place to be in because it gets you into all kinds of other places. But maybe Amazon will change that. If Amazon are going to jump into podcasting with both feet and make that open to everybody, then, you know, you can certainly see that that would be a very interesting, you know, place to be.
0: Yeah, I think that particularly, you know, if you look at the podcasting industry, it's largely focused in the U.S. in terms of consumers and content creators, I think. And so the the bias towards looking at Apple podcasts as a platform and a listening tool, I think, is, is logical. But I agree, you know, now living outside the U.S., many 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 people don't use apple devices and so we're all kind of blind to this but but i also think that google has made it really confusing even for me like i'm in the i'm in the podcasting world 24/7 and the difference between google play and google podcasts and youtube and all of this is just really opaque and i know even like last week i think they announced that the ability and kind of the the path to kind of close down google play for podcasts transfer your shows to google podcasts itself and there's a way to do that now. But there's no like official way to do that, a la the, the Apple Podcasts, you know, the Podcast Connect portal that you, you log into. And I just think that that might be a big reason why Google has not garnered the, the share like Apple has, because they amazingly made it more difficult.
1: <laughs> I would completely agree. I mean, now there is a an equivalent of the, of the Podcasts Connect thing, and it's called the Google Podcasts Manager. And you go there, podcastsmanager.google.com. So finally... Within the last month, they've actually made it simple and easy for a podcaster to go and add your podcast into Google Podcasts, which is a tremendous step. I mean, Let's be honest, the next step might be, you know, all of those Android phones that you sell Google and that you sell through other people like Samsung and everybody else. Make sure that Google Podcasts is there on the front screen or on the as a mandatory inclusion into the Android stack, like, for example, YouTube Music is now make sure that Google Podcasts is is in there as well. And it's a frustration to me every time I see a new Google Pixel phone come out where Google is in charge of everything on that phone that Google Podcasts still isn't in there and you have to download and play it. Now, if you're going to be strictly accurate, the Google Podcasts player is in there but the Google Podcasts app isn't, but um, just to make life even more complicated.
0: Right, just one more thing to keep track of. But yeah. yeah,
1: you know, so I mean, to be honest, you know, I look at Google Podcasts and it is actually the fastest growing podcast platform right now, but it's still growing very, very slowly indeed. And I think Google really needs to, and maybe they will once they have finally got rid of Google Play Music Podcasts, which was a strange United States, Canada thing which they'll finally get rid of. But maybe once they've done that, then they'll actually step it up a bit and actually spend some money on telling podcasters, guys, this is how to make sure that you're there. This is how to get all of the stats. And, you know, I mean, if I was Google tomorrow, I would hire one, two, three people and I would get them to visit the top 1,000 podcasts, visit their websites and get in touch with them and give them all of the buttons that they need Size the buttons the right size as the Apple button, which is already on there. Give them a mock up of how it would look if they had both Apple and Google on there. Make sure that it it actually worked and sat and really properly worked with podcasters. But at the moment, Google seems to be very robotic and very. They will come to us because we're Google. And uh, not if you're 1.8% of the market, we won't. So. (laughs) So we need to move on a little bit there, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's interesting. I had heard, and I don't know where this stands. Uh, that you know, Google is starting to index the audio content in podcasts, and I, and I think that's probably happening behind the scenes. I don't know that we're seeing that in the search results yet, but um, I, I do think you know, getting shows in a Google podcast will increase our discoverability even if that content is not written in show notes, but just the audio being indexed and people finding it. Podcasts are definitely showing up in the search results, but I don't know to, to what extent from a pure audio perspective that's happening just yet, but it seems like a natural extension.
1: It used to be that you had to look for podcasts um, with the word podcast at the end for anything to appear in, in a Google search. Now you don't. Now it does it, it does appear to you know, throw up podcasts of whatever you're searching for, which is really good and really helpful. And I think the more of that, the better. At the moment, yeah, you're right. I think that they are using show notes and titles more than actually grabbing the audio. I know that one of the things that they were planning on doing was uh, automatic transcriptions. The problem with that is that if you have dynamically inserted content, then it doesn't work. Because, you know, there might be a 30 second ad at the beginning of this show and or a 20 second ad depending on who, who else hears it or a 40 second ad depending, depending on who else hears it. And so therefore every, everything is out. So maybe they have to rewind a bit and go, well, actually, if we're going to do transcripts, we've got to do it on the device rather than. In Mountain View, maybe we should be doing it on the device instead. But what does that mean in terms of, you know, skipping to a bit of the of the podcast and so on and so forth? So I think there's lots of hard, complicated things there. But, you know, the very easiest, simplest way would be to make sure that every Android phone just like every Android phone has Google Drive on it, every Android phone also has Google Podcasts on it. It's a 100K file, so it's not going to fill the fill everything up. But it, if that's not there, then I think that, that really hampers Android's take up of podcasting. And that's a real shame, I think.
0: We've talked about kind of platforms and a bit about monetization, but what is, from all of the kind of perspectives that you see podcasting at Podnews, so again, like creators, industry, monetization, what is the thing that has you the most excited right now?
1: I mean, I think that there is clearly a very, there's a lot of excitement in the industry. There's a lot of excitement in the industry after the Rogan announcement, but then there's been a lot of excitement in the industry around Gimlet and The Ringer and Parcast and all of these companies which have been pulled into uh, Spotify and some of the deals going on, because actually the deals going on are also helpful for the industry because it raises the industry's standing in the investment space, which means that more money comes into the industry and it doesn't always follow that more money in the podcast industry means more success. Just ask Luminary. But if you look at other people, then you know there's clearly a lot of money being invested into podcast content right now, and all of that kind of stuff. And I think that should be very exciting for anybody that's involved in podcasting because you can clearly see that our industry is growing and growing very, very fast. What I think has also been very useful for us is because podcasting is relatively simple in terms of the production process, it means that actually the coronavirus that we've just been through or going through, I should say. We're very lucky here in Australia. We're beginning to we're beginning to use the past tense. But the the coronavirus that we're going through actually hasn't impacted podcasting much, if at all. Downloads went down for a little bit as people readjusted and have bounced back. And in terms of the amount of new podcasts, well, I mean, you know, uh, there were 91,000 new podcasts in April, which is the the record for, the, for new podcasts. So that probably says quite a lot about where our industry is going right now. You could argue, as some people have, that actually we have too much content now and not enough people consuming it, which is probably, I think, fair to a point. And I think one of the things we do need to bear in mind is the Rogan deal as one of those, you know, examples is going to make a big change to the amount of people who consume podcasts. And if we can get that number up, then all of us really win, you know, in terms of uh, overall consumption. That piece of work isn't, isn't yet done, but I think uh, that's probably great news for us in the industry. So yeah, I think it'll be, you know, it's interesting times right now, but I think it's very exciting times in terms of where we could be going.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of people that that I've chatted with about Spotify and and Joe Rogan are scared of consolidation. You know, what does this mean for my ability to be an independent podcaster? And can I survive without selling out to Spotify? I think the reality is most of us won't have the fortune of having to worry about selling our shows to Spotify. So so that's probably not a bridge (laughs) we're going to have to cross. I would agree with that. And I think that, you know, we always try or I always try to to see, like, what is the analogy of, of podcasting to both blogging and to YouTubing? And it's not a perfect analogy either way, but I think you can kind of pull a bit from from each of those worlds. And podcasting for me is is more distributed than YouTube, because not all podcasts are in one place. Maybe that's where we're going, but, but I don't think so. But just the nature of it is the RSS feed means that you can subscribe to my podcast without it ever being an Apple Podcasts or anywhere, just with the feed. And so that makes it maybe more like blogging, where there's not a place that you listen to podcasts.
1: I think you, you can subscribe to your podcast or to my podcast by just knowing the RSS feed, I would question whether or not that is actually consumer behavior. And I think most of us essentially end up using the Apple Podcasts directory, which powers most of the podcast apps out there. If you do want to, as Google have found, and frankly, as Spotify have found, if you do want to add a new podcast directory, it's an awful lot of work. And you need to go out and you need to get all of that data and try and convince podcasters to sign up with you. So I think, yes, we have a open technology, but I'm not sure that we've got an open ecosystem. And, and I think the difference there is an important one because, you know, RSS will always mean that you can be open. And if you're Alex Jones and you say ridiculous things that gets you banned from Apple Podcasts, then absolutely people can still go and get your show if they really want to, but on the same way being taken out of the main discovery tool that people use to find new podcasts the directory is probably a bad thing so yeah you know i think it's interesting spotify is interesting in that it has about 10% of the market share out there so it's it's certainly not going to come along and take us and take us all away but it's doing some interesting things in terms of open apis it's doing some you know things in terms of you know a lot of very careful discovery tools so it's putting new podcasts in front of people and i think that's a really interesting time you know wouldn't it be interesting if spotify you know started really getting the recommendation right and doubled the amount of consumption of podcasting out there that would make a big 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 difference uh, to us
0: i look at what spotify is doing now and i look at what i think soundcloud could have done you know 4 or 5 years ago where they are a mixture of music and podcasts in one place. and the opportunity for this kind of cross-pollination of people who are just listening to music on there to find a podcast and the recommendation engine to cross people over like that, I think is a unique opportunity. When Apple took podcasts out of iTunes, that kind of went away. Google kind of natively, that that's not an opportunity. So I think for from a Spotify perspective, the opportunity for people who aren't already podcast consumers to get exposed to podcasts is really interesting and holds a lot of hope for just the expansion of the listenership overall. I think
1: there's something to that. I mean, I come at this kind of the other way having... So I worked at the BBC about uh, 11 or 12 years ago. Hang on a minute. Busy trying to work it out. Yes, about that. And um, one of the things that I did is I moved the radio uh, services that the BBC was running, I moved those services... um, from its own thing, which was called the radio player and moved those into iPlayer. So iPlayer is the big video service for the BBC. So if you're going in, you want to catch up on any of the TV shows from their six uh, national channels, then you can watch them on on the iPlayer. And we thought, brilliant, that's going to mean so many more people seeing our radio shows for the first time and actually being able to link you know, certain shows on TV, you know, Jonathan Ross show on TV with a Jonathan Ross show on the, on the radio and 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 vice versa, and that'll be absolutely brilliant. And did all of that work to discover that the amount of people who were using iPlayer for both TV and for radio was 2%. Not 20%, 2%. It was just tiny. And I learned very quickly from that that either those numbers were wrong, um, which who knows, might have been the case, or actually, people are using uh, are using devices in different ways for different behaviours, and um, you can argue perhaps that Spotify has more of an opportunity because it's purely audio, and you know you want to listen to something, but there's still a question mark to me in terms of their Spotify Daily Drive, for example, that has music and then and then a twenty-minute podcast. And then a couple of other music tracks, and then a, a ten-minute podcast. You know what kind of consumer Infusing. is that aimed at? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think you know the, the, it'll it'll be interesting seeing how well they work, and interesting seeing as well whether or not we get to actually see the data of how well those sorts of things work, because <laughs> Spotify may well keep that behind their their wall of their wall of secrecy, and and why wouldn't they?
0: James, this is really awesome to, to chat through kind of your view and perspective on kind of what's going on in the podcasting world right now. For folks who want to check out more about Pod News, where's the best place to go?
1: Well, the best place would be the website, which is podnews.net. And you can subscribe there. And you can also find Pod News on your favorite podcast platform uh, and on Spotify.